Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our texts today come from John 13, verses 31 through 35, and from Acts 11, verses 1 through 18. I will read the passage from Acts first and then John. Now the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles who had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to un- uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we live. They told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said, John baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Now the passage from John. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man must be glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God had been glorified in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am only with you a little longer. You will look for me, as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for one another. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. 
Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It was in 2008 that there was a book that came out that many in the political and media class were talking about. This was the year that uh, journalist Bill Bishop wrote a book called The Big Sort, Why the Clustering of Like-Minded America is Tearing Us Apart. The premise of the book was that since the mid-1970s, Americans have started to sort themselves into like-minded communities. Conservatives would join communities with conservatives and liberals would join other liberals. Bishop noted in looking through the statistics that the number of counties that were swing counties, counties that would swing in each election between the Republican and Democratic parties, were becoming fewer and fewer. Now you have incredibly solid blue counties or solid red counties. Purple counties, where liberals and conservatives probably are at near, near or at parity, are becoming an endangered species. People aren't just living in like-minded communities. Our political parties have become sorted as well. In my hometown in Michigan, we were represented for a long time by a pro-life Democrat. Pro-life Democrats now are increasingly rare. And the same goes for pro-choice Republicans. More and more, the political parties have become uniform. And anyone within those parties that has any of the slightest different opinion is considered an outcast. Churches have sorted as well. It seems that there are a lot more churches where everyone seems to agree with everyone. And faith communities seem to be telling, uh, telling people that you are free to come and worship with us and join people who think just like you. Now the downside of all of this sorting is that it basically tears at the fabrics of society. Those who disagree are now seen as an enemy, an enemy that will destroy all that is good in the world. Anyone that tries to reach out with someone on the other side is deemed a traitor. And many a congressperson has received death threats simply because they worked with someone from the other party. Probably one of the most recent examples is when three Republican senators decided to vote for the confirmation of um, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. It was quite common only a few years ago, 20, 30 years ago, for justices to, to be approved by large majorities. And now it was just these three. And even then, there was a representative who denounced these three Republicans 
calling them because of some issues that had been talked about during the hearings, pro-pedophile. That is the world that we live in. It is a world increasingly where it seems harder and harder to reach out. While we may talk as much about diversity, we seem to be becoming more and more pure. And that is, in many ways, deadly to the health of our nation. In our gospel today, Jesus is sitting with his friends. In a few hours, he will be arrested and betrayed by someone in his inner circle. Then he'll be tortured, and then he will be put to death. But at this moment, he wants to talk to his disciples. And so he starts this speech. It's a speech that in in the book of John goes from chapter 13 all the way to chapter 17. It's sometimes called the farewell discourse. These are Jesus' final words before he is crucified. He wants to basically tell these important things, make sure that he's telling them things they need to know before he is crucified. And in this passage, the message is really plain. Love one another. People are going to know that you are followers of me if you love one another. And that is probably a, one of the most straightforward things Jesus says. People are supposed to love each other. It means loving people who may not always agree with. It means loving a fellow Christian who may rub you the wrong way. And we see this command basically being put to the test in our passage today in Acts. Peter is basically called back to Jerusalem. And he, there are people in the church in Jerusalem that are upset. He had had a recent visit to a town, Caesarea. And we didn't read this, but he kind of recounts the story that happened in chapter 10, where Peter is basically asked to go and talk to a man named Cornelius, a Roman citizen. Now, at the time, this, the church, early church was basically not a religion of its own. It was a sect within Judaism. So it made sense to the people in Jerusalem that it didn't make sense to them that Peter would go and talk to a Gentile. Peter's response was he didn't go and justify himself. He didn't walk out in a huff. Instead, what he did is basically report what happened. God came to him in a vision telling him to reach beyond the boundaries that he was comfortable with to preach the good news. And so he does as God commands. And the Holy Spirit comes down on Cornelius and his household. And Peter says that if God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? And Peter says, 
referring to the gift of the Holy Spirit to Cornelius and his, his household. After hearing that, the gathering in Jerusalem were, were astounded. And they praised God because even the Gentiles are, give, are being given the repentance that leads to eternal life. The Trinity here is in action. Jesus is the one that calls us to love one another as God, through Christ, loves us. And if it were up to Peter, he wouldn't have gone to see Cornelius, but it was the prodding of God through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who poked and prodded Jesus that led to the salvation of the household of Cornelius. If we're really thinking about it today, the passages that we just read aren't easy. And to be honest, we may not like them. Because the fact is, they don't give us what we want. We're called to love each other. And that's not always easy when you can't stand the person next to you. We are called sometimes to go to places we wouldn't have thought to go, much less want to go. Last Friday, as many of you know, this property was sold to a developer. So now, the, this, our energies move towards where are we going next? And one of the things in talking with our realtor, Roman, he was wanting to stress was for us to think outside the box. That instead of picking a place that, to rent that is comfortable for us, something maybe like a church, he wants us to be open to, th to think where a church could be located and where a church can be housed. Of course, what this means is that we have to discern where God is at work, where in a, in that a potential place God is at work, and planting our flag there. And that won't be easy because we all have our ideas, we all have our prejudices of what we want, and we are sometimes very set on that's what we want. But Jesus calls us to new places. And we have to be willing to move forward into the unknown. As I said at the beginning, America is more divided than ever. We have large groups of people in our society that see someone on, an, on the other side of an issue not just as bad, or not just as mistaken, but as evil. How do we change this? How can the church be God's instrument of change and healing? The church can be that instrument, but it means that we have to be open where the Spirit leads. And sometimes it won't lead us where we it will won't lead us where we would like it to go. But I hope that we as a congregation 
will be willing and open to where God might lead us. One of my hopes, especially in this time, in this place, is that we can truly be a congregation centered at God's table, welcoming people to Jesus. That it can be a place where we can bring people together on opposing sides of an issue and help people to discuss an issue in good faith. And I hope that we can also be a church that is willing to discern where is God active in the world and be willing to join in. When I was the associate at First Christian Church in Minneapolis, it was at a time that they were in the midst of finding a new place to call home. They had actually, just before I came, sold their building. And after a search, they found it at Springhouse Ministry Center in Minneapolis, which is actually home to three congregations. It was during this time as we were beginning to enter into discussions and then through all of the, the building process of gutting uh, Salem um, Lutheran Church's building and changing it to fit three congregations, that we learned this prayer. It was a prayer from Salem Lutheran Church, and it's sometimes called the Holden Prayer, that, and that name comes out, named after a Lutheran retreat in Washington State. I think that it was a good prayer back then as we were going through a time of uncertainty and a time of chaos. I think that it is a prayer for us as a community now and also as a nation. And you will probably see me putting this or praying this many times during our time of transition. This is what it says. Oh God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May God be with us as we walk through our world in this challenging time. May we be God's witnesses so that people may know about Jesus through how we love one another. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.